Good evening, brothers and sisters. Welcome to this online service. We are talking about entering into the promised land, but more so, how can we keep ourselves in the promised land rather than going in and, and lose the promise like Solomon did? And uh, here is Moses instructing the nation of Israel, how are they to keep the promised land? Look at Deuteronomy 11, verse 1. Deuteronomy 11, verse 1. Love the Lord your God and keep His requirements, His decrees, His laws, and His commands always. Verse 2. Remember today that your children were not the one who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God. His majesty, His mighty hand, His outstretched arm, the signs He performed, and the things He did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and his whole country, what He did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, how He overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea, as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It was not your children who saw what He did for you in the desert until you arrived at this place. Let's just pause here. So in order for us to be able to live correctly so that we will love the Lord, our God, and and. Uh, obey His commands. We got to know the, the great and miracles that God did to Pharaoh in Egypt and so on. So the, the new gen has not experienced that. They have not seen this. And they need to be instructed. They need to be told so that they know how to appreciate God and love God the way they should and obey. Because a lot of new generation they enjoy the blessing of God, but they take God for granted. But God wants this new gen to really know He is such a mighty God. And they need to remember that. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, the next generation has to know the discipline of God, of the law. Look at what it says here. The one, uh, the, your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God. First, the great miracles, the next gen need to know. They have not seen it. They have not experienced it. What God did for them. Second, they need to know the discipline of God, what God did to those who rebelled against His leaders. Let's, uh, and what was God referring to when He talked about the discipline that he executed on them. Look at the next verse, verse 6. And what he did to Dayton and Abram, Abiram, sons of Eliab, the Reubenite, when the earth opened its mouth right in the middle of all Israel and swallowed them up with their households, their tents and every living thing that belonged to them. But it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. 
Observe, therefore, all the commands I give, I'm giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land, and that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Verse 9, And so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestor to give to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. So can you see Moses is, is instructing them? How can you be you be continuously be successful in the promised land to live long in that land? That's what you need to remember. Two things: one, the great mighty miracles that God has done to Pharaoh and his soldiers, so that you will love God, you will obey His commandment. Second, you have to remember the discipline, how God totally destroyed Dathan and Abiram and his household, you know, by opening up the earth and everything that belongs to him was all, all swallowed up. Awful things so that you will know the discipline of God. So we're going to understand uh, uh, what God is saying here uh, in this next two sessions. So let's go back to the story to know a little bit more about Dayton and Abiram. We go back to number 16, verse 1. Number 16, verse 1. Korah, son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and certain Reubenites. Dayton and Abiram, sons of Eliab and Ong, son of Pileth, became insolent and rose up against Moses. With them were 20, uh, 250 Israelites men, well-known community leaders who had been appointed members of the council. Verse 3, they came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. The whole assembly is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? So, in this incident concerning Dayton and Abram, they are not the leader of the rebellions. But Korah is the leader of this rebellious people. But amazingly, God didn't mention his name when he talks about the discipline of God and just mention Dayton and Abraham. But we need to understand the, the context. So today we are just focusing on Korah. So Korah is a Levite, and his clan, his, his, his tribes, or, or, or his family, you know, that, that, that his, his group of people among the Levites, he's the one, his family is chosen to take care of the tabernacle. They cannot enter into the holy place because only Aaron, the high priest, and his sons, his descendants, will be able to enter into the holy place. But if they need to move 
the tabernacle because they are moving in the wilderness. The sons of Aaron will take it down. But Korah and his families, his group that is assigned to take care of the tabernacle, they will be responsible to fold it up. They'll be responsible to carry them, carry them to the next destination and then to set it up. But Aaron and his sons will enter into the holy place. So for a long time now, a while after they set up this uh, tabernacle, Korah wanted to go into the holy place. He, he covered after that privilege. He wanted to. He kept this in his heart. But now, this particular incident, this, is, this happened after the 12 spies went to spy out the promised land, came back, 10 of them give bad report, and the whole nation begins to murmur against Moses. We know this incident. And cry out and say, you're going to kill us in, in, in the wilderness. So they, they are attacking Moses, the whole nation almost, is attacking Moses and Aaron. And somehow, you know, this group of rebels, we mentioned birds of the same feather flocks together. Somehow they're able to group together. These leaders, Dayton and everyone, and 250 of Israel's prominent reputed leaders come together and they came and uh, And they were insolent and they attack, come against Moses and Aaron. They rose up, verse 2 said, rose up against Moses. And uh, verse 3, they came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you've gone too far, every one of us are holy why do you set yourself above the Lord's assembly? And here is a warning. Because we often are deceived because there are so many people follow us. And what we say is not totally wrong because everyone is holy before the Lord because we are God's chosen people. We are His royal priesthood. So it's not, it's not completely wrong. But because our heart is defiled, because Korah's heart is already holding a grudge against Aaron and, and his family, how could they go in and we work so hard and set out this place and take care of this place? We cannot go in. Who do they think they are? You see, so Korah somehow... As I said, you have the same spirit. You attract the kind of people to, to group together with you. Or if you influence them, then you can gather that 
group. So they came and opposed, they came and, and, and come against Moses because of deception. They think they can uh, well, for Korah. Korah, because he's a, he's a Levite, the rest are not. For Korah, he thinks that he can fight for his right. He can fight to go into the, the, the most holy place. And when Moses heard their complaint, their attack, what did he do? Verse uh, We just read verse 8. Moses said, also said to Korah, because when Moses heard it, Moses kneeled down. I guess he was seeking God, and God revealed to him what he's to do. So now this is what he did. Moses said, oh, said to Korah, now listen, you Levites, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the Israelites' community and brought you near him, himself? to do the work at the Lord's tabernacle, to stand before the community and minister to them. He has brought you and all your fellow Levites near himself. But now you are trying to get the priesthood too. It is against the law that you and all your followers have banded together. Who is Aaron that you should grumble against him? Or rather, who is Aaron and Moses? That you should grumble against him, you should gang up together to come against him. You are coming against the Lord. This is the Lord. This is what it says here. It is against the Lord. And so we've got to be careful. When you come against God's leader, don't think that you're just dealing with a man. If he's appointed by God to do the task and you are coming against it, you're coming against the Lord himself. Let's not be deceived. And this is what God wants us to see. This is what God wants the next gen to see. Because the next gen may not appreciate this kind of leadership structure because they want to be a Lord to themselves. They want to be equal. But we've got to understand God has set up his order. God has set up his system. And we need to learn how to submit and work together. And uh, so we got to be beware of people who attack leaders. When you hear them murmuring, complaining, say this, criticizing and so on, you better go away. You better separate yourself and not be defiled by the sin of these people. Because God wants us to remember His discipline against Dayton and Abiram. So the next generation got to know the consequence of rebelling against God's leader. The consequence of rebelling against God's leader. Well, it's rebelling against God because you attack God. So Moses, let's read it in verse 4. Number 16, when Moses heard this, he fell face down. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, 
In the morning, the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy. And he will have that person come near him. The man he chooses, he will cause to come near him. So Korah and all your followers are to do this. Take censer and tomorrow put burning coal and incense in them before the Lord. The man the Lord chooses will be the one who is holy. You Levites have gone too far. So, this is what Moses instructs this whole group of people. And Korah obeyed because Korah was deceived. He think he can fight for his right. He think that he can be equal and go into the holy place. And here he was with all his gang together. They come with their incense, the bowl, and then the, the coal and put incense in them. Look at verse 16. Moses said to Korah, You and all your followers are to appear before the Lord tomorrow. You and they and Aaron, each man is to take his censer and put incense in it, 250 censers in all, and present it before the Lord. You and Aaron are to present your censer also. So each of them took his censer, put burning coals and incense in it, and stood with Moses and Aaron at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Verse 19, when Korah had gathered all his followers in opposition to them at the entrance to the tent of meeting, the glory of the Lord appeared to the entire assembly. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, separate yourself from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. But Moses and Aaron fell face down and cried out, O God, the God who gives birth to all living things, will you be angry with the entire assembly when only one man sins? Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the assembly, Move away from the tents of Korah, Dayton, and Abraham. And fire, verse 35, And fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 who were offering the incense. So here's the story. The men came, 250 plus Korah. They come opposing Moses and Aaron. Remember, when you come against God's servant, you come against the Lord. And so when they were offering incense, fire from heaven came down and burned these 250 plus Korah. Destroyed them. God was very angry about all this thing. In fact, he wanted to destroy the whole assembly. All the Israelites. If not for Moses' intervention and pleading with him. Why? Because God felt the whole nation is the same. Remember, they just rise up as a nation to come against Moses and Aaron when they don't want to go into the promised land. So God wants to, to, to destroy them. But Moses intercede, and therefore only Korah and the 250 leaders who come against Moses, they were burned up. 
So the next generation, God want us to know, want us to be able to picture how he dealt with rebellious people, people who come against his appointed leader. And after these people were killed, what did God do in verse 38? The censors, God tell Moses to instruct them what to do with the, the bronze censor bowl. The censors of the men who sinned at the cost of their lives hammer the censers into sheets to overlay the altar. For they were presented before the Lord and have become holy. Let them be a sign to the Israelites. So God instructed them to pick up that bowl, that, that bronze censer bowl, and hammer it into thin sheets and then overlay on the altar so that whenever they come to present their offering, they will always remember they cannot do what they want. They cannot worship God any know-how. They have to follow God's instruction, God's order to worship, to sacrifice. So it's a, re- it's a, a sign to the Israelites. God didn't want them to ever forget about this. And even now, God is saying, you tell the next gen about his discipline. Okay? So this is a consequence of rebellion, disobeying God's order for worship. Verse 39. So Eliezer the priest collected the bronze censers brought by those who had been burned to death. And he had them hammer out to overlay the altar as the Lord directed him through Moses. This was to remind the Israelites that no one except the descendants of Aaron should come to burn incense before the Lord. Or he would become like Korah and his followers. Okay? Remind the nation of Israel. So God is careful because this is a problem. This, is a, this will be a continuous problem for the people of God to come against the leaders that God has appointed to dispute what they are doing, though what they are doing are instructed by God. And these people, they have half truth. They have a little bit of truth. But because of arrogance, because of presumptions, they think they are right to come against what whom God has assigned and, and instructed to do. So God wants this to be remembered by the nation of Israel and see the sign of this, this altar and remember that rebellions and disobedience and the consequence of it so that the future generation would not repeat the same mistake and suffer and die. So just because in our present time, we don't probably hear or see how these kind of things play out. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. It doesn't mean that God will not judge or discipline those who commit a similar kind of, of rebellions and, and, and causes uh, this kind of uh, uh, division in, in his church, in his uh, 
holy nation. You know, God, as we read again and again, want to remind us, want to remind the nation of Israel what has happened. Okay, so next week we are going to go into details about Dayton and Abiram. But because of time, this is where we're going to end. But let's pause a little bit. Why God did not mention Korah when he talked about the discipline? You see, Korah, when Moses instructed him to present the incense, he came. I mentioned to you, he was, he was deceived because of his, the defilement in his, his heart, because of the covetousness. He wanted that, 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 that privilege, that right to enter. But, he, but when Moses tell him what to do, he obeyed. He came with the censor, with his gang, his group of people. And, uh, and only him were destroyed, not his children. Only him was involved in this, this rebellion. And uh, we read in the Bible that the sons of Korah, the descendants of Korah, after some generation, they rise up again. They were restored to their position, which Korah lost. Samuel, the prophet Samuel, was the descendant of Korah. He's sixth generation after Korah. And uh, some of the descendants of Korah, they served during David, King David's time. They played the harps and the musical instrument in the tabernacle to worship God. Other descendants of Korah, they were restored to the position to take care of the tabernacle and to protect the tabernacle from intruders who shouldn't go in or who shouldn't be near. And others fought with uh, David as warriors. So we see that by the grace of God, the mercy of God, when Korah descendants, they learn from their father, they know the mistake, and they turn back to God and follow God, God restored them to their position, but not the sons of Abiram and Dayton. They were totally wiped up. So next week, we're going to see the difference between these two groups of people. But right now, just remember, God wants us to remember His discipline. God wants us to know to come against His leader, to rebel, you know, is of gravest consequences. And don't assume that we have support, we have some truth, we are right. Don't be proud, don't be arrogant, don't be self-conceited to think you are right. But honor God, honor the leaders that He has assigned. If you have any problem, you talk to God, you talk to the right people with the right attitude to resolve the problem because they are the appointed of the Lord's servant. And we better learn how to honor, how to uh, uh, communicate and relate to them. You know, not in insolence, okay, but uh, they are the servants of God. So that we will not repeat the sin of Korah. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you for the sign that, the warning sign of your discipline that we 
read about. And Father, we remember your teaching to know how to honor the man and woman that you have appointed, so that we will not fall into this sin of rebellion. And Lord, we will know your order of worship, your order in your house, your order in the holy nation, so that your nations will will be able to manifest your wisdom and to 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 be to be able to accomplish that which you have assigned for us to do, so that we can continue to build in the promised land to bring glory and honor to your name. We thank you, Lord. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, the Lord bless you. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.